all up in your head I got my wrist in your head At least I'm proud of what I said Every couple weeks It's like the song is on the beat I got my wrist in your head That you don't wanna mess with me Cause I am pink and skeletal And my blood is glittery another week of grit and glitter the weekly podcast dedicated to the world of women's wrestling i'm m fear and i am joined by the lovely the talented the wonderful don hallowell hello don hello how's it going it's good have you recovered from wrestling binge weekend 2023 it, it took me a little bit but i'm, I'm mostly recovered are you one of those people who needs to like kind of detox after a wrestling binge like that and you need like a couple days of not watching wrestling or like you take a lot of time away from wrestling for you know to cleanse your spirit or do you just like dive right back in now like wrestlemania weekend i have to watch the day after wrestlemania because that's the biggest draw but like (laughs) other than that maybe like a day or two of like just doing like some um through crime and like some self yeah I think I need like kind of to like vary up my diet so to speak I I don't follow any WWE happenings really in any kind of regular basis so I'm not beholden to the Wrestlemania the post Wrestlemania Raw episode although it was fun to to follow other people's reactions to it <laughs> um, especially this year <laughs> hmm that's a top conversation for a different time. Um, but I did kind of slowly eke my way back to, into watching wrestling by Wednesday. It's like a habit that I can't quit. So, uh, yeah, they got me. They got their hooks in me again. But And it also gave me some time to kind of catch up on stuff that I had missed from that weekend, including a lot of the GCW collective stuff that I just like had watched in bits and pieces or watched some whole shows, but some I had missed in their entirety. So taking a couple days to give myself a break also gave me the bandwidth to like go back and like check in with stuff that I had missed out on. And yeah, I mean, like there was a lot of shows and like the um. I love that they brought in like the DDT wrestlers and the um um Tokyo Joshi wrestlers and stuff like that. So it kind of gave it a little bit different flavor. Absolutely, absolutely. The, this working partnership that uh, GCW has with DDT is is offers a lot of variety and gives every every show during the collective weekend. It gave it an added element of like you know diverse of needed diversity. I don't mean that necessarily in just like you know uh, you know ethnicity makeup but but diversity in like style and diversity in tone and simply seeing people outside the normal uh, roster of GCW it it was just refreshing and every, every time that we got a match that was like DDT heavy or when we got shows that were very DDT heavy um it just it added a little extra in the crowd that, that it was fun to see crowd reactions to wrestlers that they maybe hadn't seen before etc but this is actually a really good segue into this week's conversation because post-collective weekend in chatting with Dawn, I realized, you know, GCW, their women's, their 
I wouldn't say they're women's division because they don't have a women's division, but their roster of women involved with the promotion has really grown from when we started taking note of them a couple of years ago. And so Don and I thought it might be fun to like talk about the current lineup of women um, and non-cis men involved in GCW at the current state, because it really is like, I think even as of like two or three years ago, it really was just like the alley show, like mm-hmm. alley and, and a bunch of dudes. Yeah. And now you really can't say that most of the shows, while <laughs> While GCW's collective shows didn't necessarily light the world on fire with how many individual women's matches there were, or even the number of women per card, it still was nice uh, to see a greater variety of wrestlers um, throughout these shows and see people highlighted who I know have been working with GCW now for either a couple of years or even just a couple of months. Um, and it it felt like it was a good time to take a look and see who who's involved in the promotion on a regular basis now. And I think it's not necessarily even the um, quantity of the women that are on the shows. It's the, you know, the quality. You have your world champion right now, Masha Slamovich. You have your um, ultra-violent champion, which is Rena. And then um, Ali was at one point the tag champion. So pretty much every major belt has been held by a woman, which is yes. kind of impressive. You yes, know? I, and this is new because as of Masha and Rena, um, these belts finally have a, a woman as a title holder. Um, Masha is the first GCW champion to be a, a non-cis dude. And Rena is the first ultraviolet champion to be a non-cis dude. And, uh, that is all stuff that happened like fairly recently. So there yeah, is. I think, it, I think it mostly picked up whenever Arena debuted. Um, so mm-hmm. that would have been NGI weekend um, 2021. So at once she kind of lit the world on fire. I think that kind of like opened the door for other women to come into. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we saw her win the ultraviolet title against Alex Cullen um, in August, right? August of yeah, 2022. August of mm-hmm. Yeah. So within about a year span, we have two major titles in this promotion going to women in a promotion that, like as of a couple of years ago, really didn't have much of a female presence in amongst their ranks. So I would that be a good time to kind of talk about who's involved right now, kind of highlight the players, so to speak, and uh, shout out some like more recent arrivals, people who are kind of new to the promotion. And um, but first, I wanted to because in looking over our notes about this, I wanted to give a quick um, mention about Game Changers odd history. So I'm not going to go into the deep history of Game Changer Wrestling, um, but Jersey Championship Wrestling was founded in um, like 1999, 2000. And eventually it was bought out in 2015 by Brett Lauderdale and changed to Game Changer Wrestling. With that came, you know, some of the titles that it had existed in the in JCW's heyday, including, oddly enough, a women's championship, which I had not actually been aware of. But no, I don't uh, know either. Yeah, so JCW had a women's championship. It was um, founded in 2003. It was, uh, the initial champion was April Hunter. And then the history of this championship becomes a complete mystery. 
there are three title holders, as far as I can see, between when it was JCW and when it became GCW Women's Champion. Um, April Hunter, Santana Garrett, who got it sometime in 2015, and then Deanna Prazzo, who got it in summer of 2016. And basically, after winning the belt, the belt was almost immediately retired. I can't find any other real match history about this belt. I can't find out if these are the definitive title holders for it. Um, that's a really long time for one person to be carrying a women's championship. Um, but from what I can see, anyone who held the belt for any period of time, it pretty much went stagnant and was vacated within a, a period of time. So what's funny to me, though, is that JCW slash GCW had a women's championship during a time when there was probably less women involved than there are certainly today. And it begs the question, like, would we see a GCW Women's Championship return in the future? Honestly, I don't think it's needed. Yeah. You have, you have women at the top of the card right now without a women's championship. So, I mean, like, at least at the moment, I don't think it's needed because, I mean, look at this past weekend. I mean, look at, you know, recently you had, you know, Maki Ito main event team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, um, you know, you have Masha main eventing. So, Rina, Rina and Casey have main evented. So, like, yeah, I don't think you need one. Yeah, I'm with you, Don. I don't think you need one either. And I would much rather um, everyone be eligible for the belts that are currently available than to form a women's championship so that every woman ends up kind of ghettoized there. Mm-hmm. Um, and because that's just that's how it happens for so many promotions and so many independent promotions. And that's just not that's not necessary here. We've already had a precedent set where that isn't needed um, in some ways. Not having a GCW Women's Championship to carry around and kind of to weigh things down is a freeing element. It means that you don't have to have a women's champion. You don't have to have like the champion of your women. You can just have champions who are sometimes men, sometimes women, sometimes men or women like it, it's it can be anyone who's involved in the roster actively um i think it makes for a much more compelling stew and i think that with the roster that gcw pulls from and the kind of belts that are available for the various wrestlers to compete for it really does make more sense just to to keep gender out of the equation yeah and especially like whenever you get the tag matches and like the scrambles and stuff like that just to kind of <laughs> throw everyone out there and you know see who performs well and yeah, I think perfect. I think they use um they've they've been using kind of JCW as like a little bit of a testing ground too you know for like some other people that are coming up and sure. you know, a lot of times um you know you'll get a couple matches in JCW you show that you're awesome and then they you know bring you up to the main shows yeah now and JCW have they have like a championship now right Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think um who has that? Jordan? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's kind of like your your mid-carter title, your your young boys title. Um <laughs> <laughs> which I mean it's good. I think every promotion kind of needs to have a a title that gives like a younger player or a like a newer player in the roster um some momentum like to carry them forward into the coming years. Like it just it makes sense. And that's also a title that's perfectly good. Uh, a a good title for um people who are to have. 
collab or something. Yeah. Like I was trying to find like a, a, a creative way to say like, like a young talent or someone who offers something a little like different in the zone of GCW. And that's, that's someone like Billy Starks, who's young, up and coming. And also somebody who's kind of probably going to be poised to hit the mainstream of wrestling very, very soon. Mm-hmm. So you can put your mark on these people. You can kind of like, you know, put your stamp of approval on these, on these guys before they rocket to stardom. So let's talk a little bit about who is currently involved in GCW. And Don, I will, since you have done such um, good notes on these, I'll let you lead me through this. Um, who do we, when we started talking about the women in GCW, who should we start with? Like who, who's our, who's our founding base here? Um, like our, our base is definitely going to be Allie because she's, you know, been there the longest and, um, you know, we have different, some people have differing opinions on Allie, but uh, she definitely earned her way onto the roster. Like her, like first matches that weren't like collective or like a uh, swamp match or whatever. <laughs> um so, like, she had a match at the um, Voltage Lodge, um, Lounge, sorry, um, against Sanchez. That was, um, like, a hardcore match. And, you know, it was incredible. Both of them were, you know, like, taking nasty chair shots and, like, flying, stuff like that. And um, that kind of solidified um, Ellie's spot on the roster. And, um, you know, then she had her death match against Nick Cage and you know that kind of you know was okay Ali's one of the guys now or Mm -hmm. however you want to say it yeah um, having a match with Nick Cage is kind of like a key element to anyone's introduction into into GCW Um, he is kind of like your initiation right uh, so a death match against Gage is a, a proving a proving ground essentially, and Ali has more than proven herself amongst GCW for, and to the point where you know for a while, it, like we said earlier, like it kind of was like if you were looking for women's talent in GCW, Ali was pretty much it. Like as a regular featured person in that roster, she was your your woman, and it did feel at times a little tokenizing, not to diminish anything that she accomplished or did during that time at GCW but when you are the only woman and there's like not actively being space made for other women in that in that promotion it can start to feel a little redundant Mm -hmm. and that was almost two years maybe a little Mm -hmm. bit more than two years where like occasionally you would see other women come in or something like that but like the only steady woman that there was there was Allie yeah yeah I mean that's just yeah, you can't that, that that will not fail to be noticed when it goes on for that long. But that that started to turn. And Allie was a big reason why that did start to turn. I mean, we saw even more women presence following the first real or I guess first and last <laughs> um the the show that Allie put on when they did their like 24 hours, they had a dedicated block for for just women's wrestling. And then when they did a WrestleMania weekend like series of shows Allie got to book a show that was all women's wrestling too so like yeah um Allie is a big part of GCW's growth in their women's division she was the the most recent incarnation of the promotion she was there like the base of the pyramid but she is bringing in women with her 
And then, you know, her being in the tournament of survival too, kind of, you know, she wasn't just, you know, the token girl or whatever. She was going into tournament of survival. She was, you know, winning big matches. She was in death matches. You know, it wasn't just, you know, oh, here's the girl. (laughs) Also very, very key. Um, With GCW, if you are participating in some of their like big foundational like flagship um, tournaments and events, that solidifies you as a member of the like consistent roster. There's lots of people who come and go into GCW who visit, who make, who have a match for specific shows. Um, But but if you are participating actively in their like big, big, like regular events, tournament survival, especially, you are you are one of the gang. So then, um, in twenty late twenty twenty one on um Nick Gage Invitational weekend, um that's when Rena debuted. So um she debuted against um Charlie Evans. So um, the Charlie Evans was did like some death matches there. Um, like around that time period, I think she was in the States and was doing, um, GCW around like 2021. Um, so, you know, give credit to Charlie. Charlie's awesome. She, um, she can do everything. Yes. And if she was stateside more often, because she is based in the UK, correct? Um, no, Australia. Oh, Australia. Oh, I'm so funny. Yes. She's based in Australia. If she was stateside more often, I, I'm sure she would be one of the, you know, she would also be amongst the names that were in the solid women's roster in GCW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, um, you know, her traditional wrestling matches, that one you, what you want to call it, are always great. And um, she's one of a top deathmatch wrestlers, you know, so I, you can't take that from her. Um, and, um, yeah, Rena debuted that NGI weekend. Um, she was in the tournament and she, um, had a match against Charlie Evans. Um, so then, um, so then that was in NGI weekend 2021 and then 2022, she came back for tournament of survival too. So she kind of, um, solidified herself as one of the, um, main deathmatch wrestlers at that point and then um you know later in 2022 she did win the ultraviolet championship um which was cool because not only did she become the first woman to have a major belt in yes the first woman to have the major belt in gcw because bussy won the tag belts like a month later (laughs) so um And then that gave a cool opportunity, too, because in her defenses, she's defended the bout against, you know, Sawyer Rack and Casey Catal. So you've had those chances to, like, main event your shows with women's death matches, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Can you describe a little bit about Rena's style? Um, I don't know. I mean... Because, well, what I find really interesting about Rina Yamashita is um, she excels as a hardcore wrestler, but she is also like she's got technical chops, which I think is a really cool thing that gets pulled out on occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't see a lot of people doing technical moves um, in any kind of fluid way in like hardcore and deathmatch wrestling. You just don't. 
you see you see brawling you see power moves you even see you know like flippy shit but like um technical wrestling that rena is able to do and to do it so consistently and to utilize it in a way that is just so effective within the deathmatch setting is really interesting to me and i really love that that is an element of her wrestling style and which is cool because like whenever you put like the technical style into a death match, you can get even more creative, you yes. know? Like, oh, you're using a submission move. Okay, add glass to that submission move yes. or like add a chain or something like that, you know? Yes, it's, that's such a good point. I think it gives you another tool in your toolbox, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not just smashing a chair. I'm, I'm going to use a chair to like, like, add an extra like terrible element to my sleeper hold like there's so there's so many creative ways you can utilize a different wrestling skill within the world of like hardcore deathmatch wrestling and I think it's kind of why deathmatch wrestling to me is like it's kind of wrong wrongly thought of it as a wrestling style into itself because it's not it's a genre of match but it it can contain multitudes of wrestling styles like I would put it on the same like wavelength as like like lucha whenever people think of lucha they just think of people flying around but i mean you still have like technical wrestlers that wrestle lucha and um stuff like that so like um yeah deathmatch wrestling isn't what it was in like 1997 where it was just a bunch of you know fat guys that hit each other with stuff (laughs) you know and like nothing against fat guys who hit each other with stuff but it's like (laughs) it can grow from there right so, okay, so we've got Allie, we've got Rena. Who else, who else is in our like super team? Um, I would think like the next person, you know, on our super team would definitely be Masha. Um, Masha, before her proper GCW debut, she actually fought in three blood sports, which I thought was pretty interesting. Hmm. So, um, you know, that's kind of where, I guess that's kind of where they saw her at that point, which, you know, isn't a bad thing, but, you know, she might've got pigeonholed a little bit, you know, before she, you know, kind mm-hmm. of became a main roster person, you know, she did have her big, I think her first big match was um, this past Cage of Survival, where she wrestled the Fisto. So, um Lefisto is a legend and she is all I mean she's always making these girls and have good matches and work their ass off. So um you know that was kind of a um a star making match for Masha and then um later that well yeah later that year um well kind of that year New Year's she won the do or die rumble which gave her the um opportunity for a title shot yeah which she she took and she she got it mm-hmm. and yes. not and yeah. and she got it off of gauge right yeah so that was in um new york city it was a it was a 20 minute match which for a nick gauge <laughs> match in 2023 that's pretty impressive that's a pretty yeah no that i mean all respect to our gang leader um mm-hmm. but uh Nick Cage doesn't go for 20 minutes anymore no. <laughs> in a singles match yes so I mean like that match was very impressive she you know won the title and then her next match her first title defense against Speedball was just insane one of one of the craziest matches I think I've seen 
Yeah. It, uh, when just, did... Yeah, they tore the ring apart. And then, well, Speedball tore the ring apart. And then she won basically by giving him like a um like a sleeper slash choke hold like inside of the ring like the actual like bars and boards and stuff so it was pretty crazy this was in this was march uh this was march 19th so this was literally like two weeks before they would all be like back at it during mm-hmm. the collective weekend mm-hmm. to, to see what it's just not we we are obviously we're talking about the women here and we talk about mike bailey a lot but to see what these two go through in this match and to see what speedball incurs in this match and then to know that he wrestled like 14 matches during collective weekend like what is he made of i don't i don't think speedball like sleeps or like has normal necessities like the rest of us he's just a wrestling machine yeah and it's also worth mentioning that masha had this um did this defense against speedball two only two nights after defeating gage in that 20 minute bout so like yeah he had a a day to quote unquote rest yes yeah absolutely and then is you know very much back at full full powers it's just incredible what i i know this sounds stupid but it's like it's just incredible when you really do the math of like what they're putting their bodies through on a regular basis um it's incredible that they are able to do it it's incredible you watch three four straight days of wrestling like we did over the collective weekend and it's like holy shit like they're still standing and moving and walking if i had to do even a 16th of any of this i'd be legally dead and like i was listening to someone um um on a podcast um like a week or two ago and he was talking about death matches and like back like you know early 2000s whatever you would have maybe like a death match a month if that if you're a death match wrestler now like these people are having like three a weekend you know so <laughs> That's insane, you know, the amount of torture they're putting their body through on a regular basis. Yeah, and like that's a whole other conversation that we can't don't have time to get into. But like <laughs> it is kind of crazy to me when you see those kind of back-to-back actions and how how interesting it is that the quality doesn't diminish at all. Mm-hmm. Or at least for the wrestlers we're talking about. I mean, with Masha, it, it's hard to see a drop in quality and, and obviously like someone like Speedball, but like I would just expect by that second night or that third night in a row, like you're just, you can't be putting everything into it. Right. And yet they do. Like you look at like those laying city weekends where like Rena's having, you know, two or three matches in a weekend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of those matches are against like Alex Cologne or like Sawyer rack and, you know, and, are absolutely insane and then she just goes out the next um week next day with a big smile on her face and does it again you know (laughs) yeah it's just it's it's remarkable all right well and you mentioned her so it's worth um it's worth moving to our fourth player on the scene our fourth lady of gcw sawyer wreck yeah sawyer wreck um yeah she debuted at um at Planet Death 
against Brandon Kirk. And then, like, I guess that would be, like, a collective show. So her, like, proper DCW um, would be against um, to beat Joey Janela at um, Cage of Survival. So um, kind of broke into the scene pretty quick. And, you know, she is mostly doing death matches also. So, like, she was in the Nick Gage Invitational um, and, you know, has done lots of other death matches. She had an incredible, like, hardcore match against Mephisto in um, Montreal. So um, she's been kind of, you know, redefining what, you know, women in death matches can be, too. Yeah, absolutely. And she is she is fairly young. She's fairly new. Um, three years, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, so just the amount that she's able to do at this point in her career and like the confidence, because I do I do feel like with hardcore and deathmatch wrestling, um, we often see veterans of that kind of take rightfully so. We often see people who are like veterans of that scene kind of take the center, take the spotlight for the work that they're able to do. But Sawyer in just a small period of time has really established herself as a talent in, in this that genre. And every time I see her, I look forward to like seeing what's next with her. Cause I do think every time I see her, she's evolving more and more. And I think that, you know, says something about her where, you know, the older deathmatch people have taken her other, under their wing. Like yeah. Matt Fremont has kind of, you know, like taken Sawyer under his wing. So yeah. like, if you get, you know, the stamp of approval from Matt Fremont. You must be doing something right. For real, for real. And I mean, she's like, a, she's a Dudley grad. So like she, she knows her way around a, a way around a hardcore match. So yeah, like all, you know, the three of the, um, or three of the four women, four women that we've talked about so far, like Sawyer is basically like all of them, can get in the ring with a man and like, you don't say, oh, this is stupid. You know, oh, they don't have a chance or whatever. Sawyer, it's probably because of her size where she's bigger than most men, you know? I mean, well, yeah, it's really, I mean, that argument is such bullshit anyway, right? But like, even if you were going to play devil's advocate and be like, oh yeah, the woman is the like, the weaker of the two, like not in GCW, she ain't, especially (laughs) given like, the slew of like skinny talented little dudes that they've got running around in gcw sawyer could like easily pick up seven of them <laughs> and like masha it's more with the attitude mm-hmm. like, yeah. oh. you, like like masha is not like a huge person but like you look at her and like the mask or like the scowl on her face and you just kind of, like know like this girl could kick my ass like i'm gonna take a couple steps back no, I think I was telling you, like, Masha has, like, true, like, tall person energy. She mm-hmm. is not a tall person, but she carries herself like a tall person. And you believe it. And it's only until you're, like, confronted with her standing, like, face-to-face, toe-to-toe with a much taller wrestler that you realize, oh, Masha isn't very tall. But she does, that there's, you never think about it. You never think about it unless, like, it's just a stark height difference. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so we've got our four, so, but I feel like we're missing someone. I feel like we're missing someone very crucial. Um. So yeah, recently we have um, Dark Cheek, who has been, especially on the um, 
on the Western show, she has been a mainstay. And I think she has brought, you know, a lot of different feel to the shows, whether they're on the West Coast or like the Atlantic City or New York shows. Um, I think she brings a different kind of energy. She brings that um, that hood slam energy. And um, I think it's very much needed. Yeah, absolutely. And and Sheik is an excellent, um, she's also like an excellent, uh, I can't think of the word, emissary for West Coast wrestling in general. So mm-hmm. when she is involved in GCW in a continuous fashion, it only means good things for the, the promotion as a whole um, as as they begin to like expand further and further into like you know west coast and do more dates outside of their normal like kind of their their normal territory um whenever the west coast chic is an excellent person for them to be able to recruit other people through and hood slam obviously we saw that a lot of the collective weekend that like west coast talents that were utilized were coming from places like hood slam that were coming from from places that very much are dark chic affiliated Mm -hmm. and like dark chic's another person who can you know like wrestle like a great technical match mm-hmm. or like wrestle like a lucha style match or wrestle a death match so you can pretty much put her in the ring with anybody have her tag with anybody um so it's very diverse very but we also we would be remiss if we didn't mention the like the kid sister alien of gcw the like prodigy of pro wrestling and who has been making so much of that history in this promotion one miss billy starks yes um billy is you know obviously a fan favorite um she got a lot of her matches in um jcw that has also you know had some big matches in um gcw and like especially whenever you're at like the Atlanta city shows and um that blink 182 song comes on you know mm. the crowd gets pumped it's it's just a fun time she brings like a different atmosphere just kind of like you know the fun kid that's going to beat someone up yeah and i mean talk about somebody who like we watched grow up in a ring like we watched this kid grow up when harley and i chatted with her and roxy roxy was i think 18 maybe 17 just about to be 18 and billy was 15 years old like and now 15 or 16 and now she is she's a legal adult essentially she's 18 she's a legal adult she's going to be making a huge name for herself she's already had a title challenge on network television um for a major like wrestling promotion like they're really of, of all the women currently involved in GCW, it feels like the rocket is most strapped to Billy Starks. Um, yeah, as far as like uh, um, you know, breakout to like your your mainstream promotions, um, yeah, she's gonna be the big signing. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I and mean, her um her alter ego did have some um some appearances at their the um back GCW backyard wrestling shows. Oh yes, yes, she has a uh, she has a masked alter ego, correct? Yes, um, he missed um Pizza Cat Junior. <laughs> so because great with Billy, you get a two for one. Yeah, because I mean, like the Pizza Cat Senior, um, maybe like in the WWE right now, 
Um, so we had to have Pizza Cat Jr. It, it makes, yeah, makes, makes total sense. <laughs> <laughs> Billy is also like, she's had her matches against a lot of the like mainstays on the independents, especially amongst women's wrestling. I mean, she's, she's had a match against Diana. She's, she's had her, like, I, I remember when she finally had like a singles match against Allie in GCW and it being like a, like a fairly big moment, like a, like almost like a torch passing of just torch passing doesn't even sound right. Right. Because Allie's not going anywhere. Another is Billy, but kind of like a, like a torch lighting, like, okay, I'm here and now you're here too. And this was back in like 2021 when we were still slowly growing the women in, in GCW. Mm-hmm. So Allie having a match against Billy felt like kind of the- Okay, we're going to have some more women in here yeah. now, you know? Yeah, kind of felt like Allie opening the door and being mm-hmm. like, okay, you're coming in here with me and you're staying in here with me. Then, I mean, we couldn't talk about women in GCW without talking about a certain member of the, the MDA, MDK crew. <gasps> Correct. Um, someone that could possibly be gang affiliated. Possibly. Possibly. Um, Miss um, Maki Ito did, um, did main events. Um, one of the shows on the collective, is that correct? I can't remember if that's a if if it was officially a main event or not but it was it was a pretty darn big match oh yeah I mean one of the matches of the weekend one of the Mm -hmm. absolute like big like attention getting matches of the weekend was Maki Death Kill which was her and Nick Gage now that Maki is fully uh, gang initiated she is she is welcome and she is tagging with Nick Gage in the most murderous (laughs) cutest cutest (laughs) tag team in the world uh, versus Bussy being Ellie and, and Effie. Um, that match, while m- maybe not like the most technically proficient match you will watch throughout the weekend, was definitely one that got a lot of people's attention. And there's no wonder because it's just, it's, it's just nonstop hits. Like you've got pizza cutter spots galore, complete with pizza cutter with a bow on it, gifted to Maki from Gage. You've got Maki doing her thing, her crying thing, and Allie trying to do her crying thing in response. And you've got everybody playing to their best strengths, um, their most crowd-pleasing moments. And at the center of it all, you've got Nick Gage kind of orchestrating the violent chaos. It's it's fantastic. And Maki is a very, very, very suited for this. And like, it's something that you never expected. Like no. when Maki like first showed up in like DCW, you'd be like, oh, cool. Like Maki's going to do her thing. She's going to sing a little bit, have a match, you know, fine. But then like she somehow meets up with Nick Gage and Gage says, you know, if you win this match against Alley Cat, then, Alley Catch, sorry, then you will become gang affiliate. So she goes <laughs> out there whips out a little pizza cutter you know gets the win gage puts her into the gang so yeah and and i think like the whole thing with um you know oh like this match wasn't you know like technical or something but like i say like you gauge from the crowd's reaction right Mm -hmm. um you know you could have like a master so-called masterpiece and the the clouds like crowds like both clapping 
But, you know, for this match, the crowd was on our feet pretty much the whole time. So I'd call that a great match. Yeah, absolutely. I would call it a very, very successful match. Um, Maki Ito is a very welcome uh, welcome entry into the women's roster of GCW. I really hope we get to see her in the future. I know she'll be back. I think she's coming back in May uh, stateside. So let's hope we get more Maki death kill because I, I, I need it. <laughs> they, they said it was a one-time only thing, but then it looks like um, someone that we may need, a new person that we may need to talk about briefly um, would be... Um, has teamed up with Matt Cardona and they were recently seen shopping for some um, deathmatch supplies. So that would be um, SDL. That's right. So yes, let's end on talking about the newest woman to enter the fray here. And that would be Steph DeLander. Um, Yeah, Steph DeLander kind of like showed up out of nowhere. So basically, um, right before she came to America, her um, in um, World Series of Wrestling over in Europe, she won the women's title and Cardona won the men's title. So they kind of like formed an allegiance at that time. And um, whenever she came over to the States, she helped Cardona win the AIW title and then also caused havoc all through the collective with um, Cardona and actually ended up getting herself a title shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That maybe she wanted. I'm not sure. Right. Just goes to show you that if you are in wrestling and you want a title shot, just uh, show up where you're supposed not supposed to be, run your mouth a lot, and hopefully the title holder will, will show up and allow you to challenge right then and there. But Maybe wear your wrestling gear because Steph was not necessarily prepared. No, Steph is um Steph is great. She's I don't know. Um she's very powerful. You know, whenever mm-hmm. you see her in person, she's not, you know, like dainty at all. Um, she's very strong. She's great on the mic. Um, she can, you know, make the whole crowd hate her within five seconds. So um, definitely, because it seemed like GCW was a little stale on heels for a little bit. You know, you had like, after like 4-4-0 left, there was, um, you had like maybe Charles Mason showing up a little bit, but um, now you have um, Blake, Christian, and um, and then you kind of, you've had Cardona there kind of like being the main heel since a left mm-hmm. so like yeah having her jump jump and um team up with cardona is pretty big yeah absolutely it's a big vote of confidence and it makes sense too like they they are compatible in their stories in their backgrounds in the chips that they carry on their shoulders so it, it makes sense to team them up and they work really well as a pair especially now that we don't have chelsea green in there you know doing chelsea green shit <laughs> And I mean, should should we talk about the wedding too? Because that was kind of amazing. We can, we have time. Let's briefly shout it out. Tell me everything because I haven't seen this wedding. You haven't seen the wedding? No. See, like oh, when I was like watching it, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be stupid. 
but like they made it like super entertaining the whenever Chelsea and Cardona um renewed their vows. Like they they had um they, they had Maven come out there and like give a speech. Oh um, <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure like um well then um Maki Ito came out and sang a song. Which oh. was amazing. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was the most beautiful song. She is the what? cutest pop star in the world. It was the cutest song in the world. So you know, and then of course you know it was a wrestling wedding. So all hell had to break break loose. Leave like one of their presents was a pizza cutter. So you oh. you know what that brought out. Uh, how many cakes were destroyed in the process? Um, I think um. Chelsea's dress was definitely ruined by a cake. Oh, it, it had, yes, absolutely. It has yeah. to happen. <laughs> well, there you go. From having one woman amongst their ranks to having a, a, a whole wedding affiliated. Um, <laughs> GCW really has come leaps and bounds from a couple of years ago. Um, I'm really pleased by this because GCW is a promotion that, um, you know, I want to root for succeeding. And I often really enjoy the shows that they are putting on. I like a lot of the wrestlers that they work with actively. Um, but it is important when I am looking at my, like, you know, what I'm investing my time and energy into, I do want to see more women in, in the mix. I think it offers a lot to the shows themselves. I think it offers a lot to the promotions in general. So it is really um, gratifying to see that there is, you know, a growing number of women involved with the promotion. And I really hope that that continues. And I think, you know, like once a promotion, you know, like G GCW sees, hey, like our women can like have matches with the men and they can be great matches. Our women can headline shows and, you know, have have great main event matches and have to be champions and stuff like that. So I think once you see that, um, then I don't think there's any going back. Well, thank you so much, Dawn, for this uh, this fun dive into the women of GCW. Dawn, you write about wrestling. You talk about wrestling. How can people find you? Let's refresh their memories. Okay. Um, I'm on Twitter at DawnHollowall1, and I write for PW Ponderings. Every week, I do a recap of all the um, news that's broken within that week and all the women's matches that of scream that I have been able to get my eyes on. So um, if you, you know, just need to get caught up on the um, what's happened in the past week in women's wrestling, um, usually on Mondays, that's out on PW Pondrays. That's right. And if you want to find us on Twitter, Grit and Glitter, Grit Glitter Podcast, on uh, Grit Glitter Pod on Twitter. Um, we're on Instagram. You can find us. You can shoot us an email, gritglitterpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me, M. Fear. You can find me at, at ForkedPGH on Twitter. And uh, if you're on Instagram, I'm there too, but I'm not really on Instagram that much. Um, make sure that if you love wrestling and you love supporting independent wrestling, then you're also supporting Grit and Glitter on our Patreon, where we provide you at the $5 level you get new stuff you get bonus stuff you get a weekly newsletter you get bonus podcasts like women's wrestling entertainment where harley and i are tracing the history of women in the wwe our most recent episode is a must listen because it is 
about an hour and a half of us just talking about how great Sherry Martell is. And you don't want to miss that because Sherry Martell is, in fact, really great. So if you want to support us at Patreon, find us at patreon.com slash gritglitterpod. Remember, all the money that you give us every month goes right back into the wrestling ecosystem so we can sponsor things like Wrestlers Lab, Enjoy Wrestling, and more. Give us your money. We give it to them. They make more wrestling that you like. Everybody wins. Tune in next week. We'll have more in the world of women's wrestling. Until then, have a wonderful day.